Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online while filling out the card. We're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, but if you don't have a Bible and you'd like to use one or borrow one, just raise your hand real quick. We'd love to come bring you one. But again, that you can borrow or keep, we got a lot of them. So feel free to grab one. But also all the notes and scripture are going to be available on the version or the Bible app. And all you have to do is go to the More tab, click on Events, Life Church Green Bay, and everything is going to be there for you to see. If you're watching online, I'm so glad you're with us, and I'm so glad you guys are all here as we continue in the series, Summer on the Mount. And last week, Pastor Barry did such a great job just starting off with the Beatitudes. And I know it was great. I loved it. But I know you guys loved it because I didn't get one email saying otherwise. So, so there's a win there. But he talked about the first half of the Beatitudes, which the definition of Beatitudes is supreme blessedness. And we see in the Beatitudes that every verse begins with a phrase, blessed, or God blesses. And last week, Pastor Barry talked about the word bless, which in the Greek means makarios, which is blessed. It describes a believer of fortune or favor, where we get the word favorite. It's to be in position, uh, position of God's provision, which is long and large, where his grace and his benefits are available to us. So with that being said, let's jump into Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 7. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. It says this, God blesses those who are merciful, for they'll be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those whose work for peace, for they'll be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. We're getting into it today. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. The title of my message this morning is Flip the Script. Can we pray? Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for reigning above it all, above everything in this earth, in our situation, and in our life. Lord, we thank you for your word that comes alive in our lives and helps us to go from where we are to where you want us to be and where you're calling us to be. And I pray, Lord, that we would not just hear this word and and feel good, but Lord, we'd hear this word and be challenged. Be challenged to take this out into our workplace, into our families, into our neighborhoods, into our own personal lives. So be with this word again. In Jesus' name, amen. Entiendo. Estoy aprendiendo español para 742 días. Me gusta, no, no, no. Me encanta español. Pero este un poco difícil. So for any of you who are like, what is happening right now? I just want to translate. I've been learning Spanish for the last... 742 days. 
and thank you. I've loved it, but I'm finding myself having some difficulty with the grammar. And for some of you who do speak Spanish, you're like, yeah, I can tell. Because there's some words I just don't know yet. Like some phrases, like does the word tango just mean have, or is it like have it all? No, nope, it's tango K, have to. I'm like, oh, and so, and then they do something in Spanish where they flip the adverbs. Like for example, we would say, you know, the, bl uh, the blue shoes, but they say los zapatos azul, the shoes blue. And I'm struggling with that. And you're like, really? Like, you just flip it. I know. But every time I do something on Duolingo and I hear that, I'm like, oh, you're right. I got to flip it. I got to flip it. Because you have to understand, my whole life, I've been speaking one way. And up until four years ago, I started to speak a new language. And so therefore, with the new language came some new habits that I had to change. And so I had to flip it. And for me, that's honestly how I have to look at these verses in the Beatitudes. Because the first four Beatitudes express in one way or another our dependence on God. But the next three are the outworkings of that dependence. And church, God's been telling me something over and over again, and he's been reminding me over and over again that God wants our heart before he wants our hands. Here's how I know that. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus says in such a loving way, verse 25, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. So for me, when I read the Beatitudes, I have to flip the script. Because if I read it the way I normally have read it, or most of my Jesus life read it, I could read the Beatitudes uh, like this. If I do this, then God will give me this. And so it's one of these things where I'll start to look at my faith and my relationship with God like an investment. God, I'm investing with my good deeds so that you can give me something afterwards. But God's not in the investing business, he's in the outpouring business. He wants you to position yourselves to say, God, I surrender and receive from you. And then when you are poured into me, I want to outpour it out into my world and every situation. So if you're taking notes, there's a few things I think when we're looking at the Beatitudes that will really highlight and come alive when we flip the script. So here's number one. When you flip the script, you overflow with mercy. It says God blesses those who are merciful for they'll be shown mercy. Now what is mercy? Mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. And Ephesians chapter two, in case you're like, what don't we deserve? It kind of shows us really well in verse one. It says this, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy 
He's so rich in not getting what we deserve. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So because of the resurrection of Jesus and the power of salvation, we have mercy in us. And God is calling us to let that mercy out of us. Diedrich Bahamer said, the merciful... They go out and seek all those who are enmeshed, which is entangled in the toils of sin and guilt. No distress is too great. No sin is too appalling for their pity. Here's the reality. If I ask everyone in this room if they know they've sinned, we'd all say yes. In fact, we could go outside these doors. We can go to the Walmart. We can go to the Dollar Tree and ask the same question. People are like, yeah, yeah, I know. I've heard that before. Yep, I've sinned. I've sinned. Yeah. We've all heard that. But a lot of us haven't heard that I've sinned and there's mercy for me. That even though I've done something, I can still get what I don't deserve. But when we experience that, when we are filled with the mercy of God, that even though we had a nature of sin, a lifestyle of sin, a way of sinning over and over, and we have the mercy in us, God wants us to outpour it onto others. And when we experience something good, man, we want to tell everyone about it. I mean, just ask someone who's wearing a shirt like mine that you haven't been to a Packer game and see how they react. You haven't been to a Packer game? How long have you lived here? You lived here that long? Why? What happened? Do you want want me to get your ticket? Like, have you been to 1919? Have you been, I mean, have you done a tour? Like, oh, you got to go. You got to go because it's a great experience. So therefore, when we've experienced it, we want it out of us. We want it to pour out to the point where we're just living in it. Now, you may be going, okay, so if I need to let people know and give people mercy, do I just go up to people and go, you know, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. I mean, you could do that. It might be a little weird. People might be a little like, okay, cool, yeah, thanks. But what has mercy done for you? What has mercy done for your life? I mean, the joy that we have because we've been set free. The freedom we walk in because we're not bound by sin and shame anymore. That is what needs to come out of us and on to people. To the point when people bring up your past, you don't put your head down in shame, but you smile because you have the mercy of God flowing in us and out of us. Yeah, I did a lot of dumb stuff, but God, who's rich in his mercy, gave me love that doesn't make sense, but I'm going to take it. (laughs) That is the mercy that God wants out of us. He wants us to live in that. But he also wants to say, it's not just for me, it's for you too. See, some people need to hear our story so they realize how real God is. Wait, 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 you're going to life church? And they know all that stuff? Like they know your whole story? Uh Uh-huh. But there's mercy, there's grace, there's freedom, there's salvation, and it's not just for me, it's for you too. It's for anyone who wants it. See, God wants to give us an overflow of mercy. And he, and he blesses us, meaning he gives us joy because he, he wants us to see what it does in us, but also what it does in others. That when you're in a place with people and you just start talking about Jesus in your life and you see this change happen in him and you go, man, this is awesome. I'm so glad I don't keep it to myself anymore. 
But I let God pour it in me and I pour it out for others to see because it's powerful. That's why we need to let people know our mercy story, our testimony. Testimonies are great. They're needed because it's not going like, look how bad I was, but look how good God is. Look how merciful he is. But it's not just for me. It's for you too. Because I had a start just like you, but you can have a different finish. Here's number two. When we flip the script, you have a supernatural purity. Verse eight says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure for they will see God. Now I know, some of you are like, hold on a second. Like flip the script or not, verse eight is hard for me. Like, so I will see God. When I see God, then my heart is pure. I, I don't know if I could do either, pastor. Like what are we talking about? And I get it. We go, okay, how can I see God? And God remind me what John 1, 1 says. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, is God. So meaning, when we open this up, we're seeing God. We're seeing God in story. We're seeing God in wisdom. We're seeing God in power. And so therefore, when we flip the script and we say, I'm gonna look at his word and be empowered by his word because while I'm here on earth, I can see God through his word. But here's what we find out about his word, that we can't naturally have a pure heart. Romans 12, uh, 5, 12 says, all have sinned. Everyone has sinned. Ephesians 2 talked about it, that we all had the sin nature in us. But when we read deeper in this word, we realize I can't naturally have a pure heart, but God can supernaturally give me a pure heart. We see it in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. So when we flip the script and we see God and we see his word, we see that I can't make a pure heart, but he can create a pure heart. That he can create a pure heart in me that will give me the joy and the power and the availability. Again, I can't do it, but he can, so I'll let him. I'll surrender to him and say, my heart is far from pure, so create. I surrender my life so that you can create a pure heart in me. Make it new, make it better, make it different. It's all yours. But here's what I love, I, I didn't put this in my notes, but Proverbs talks about how we need to guard our heart because everything flows from it. That's why I love that God, when he talks about his presence, he uses the word heart, because physically, the heart flows blood where? All over your body. Starts here, goes your hands, goes your feet, goes your head, goes everywhere. The same thing with God's presence. When we say God created me a new heart, that heart will go into your hands, It'll go to your feet, your voice, your eyes, your thinking, your hearing, your everything. Because when he creates a new heart, he creates a new life. And all we have to do is position ourselves and say, God, do what you gotta do. I am accepting, I'm signing the paper for you to do the surgery spiritually in my life to give me not a heart I can produce, but a heart you can create. And the blessing in that is I get to walk in that. It's not perfect. It's surrendered. So when people, again, because here's what's going to happen, people are going to remind you of how you used to be before Jesus. And Jesus loves that. He loves when people are like, man, I, used to, I remember when you used to do blank. Yeah, but look at God. 
Look what God's doing in me and through me. I'm a new creation. I have a new heart. And it goes through everything in my life. So when we flip the script, we see God through his word showing us and speaking us and seeing things and remind us that we can't do it on our own, but we can do all things through him. Amen? Here's number three. When you flip the script, you have a powerful peace. Verse nine says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. I actually love what the NIV says. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Because I believe being a child of God will make us peacemakers and not peacekeepers. Now here's the difference. A peacemaker is someone who's willing to resolve both outer and inner conflict in order to establish peace with others and within themselves. And then this will require some engagement of conflict and tension to help bring the situation to a solid place. Whereas a peacekeeper, they actually desire to maintain peace by avoiding conflict. They'll typically give to the tension or steer clear of a disagreement just to keep people happy. But here's the definition of peace. It's the freedom from disturbance. So God wants you to walk in a freedom from disturbance. That's why he's saying, as a child of God, I wanna give you the ability to be a peacemaker because naturally I'm a peacekeeper. But God gives me the ability to be a peacemaker maker because I'm a child of God. You know, one of my things, my favorite things about being a dad is I get to make memories with my family, with my kids, with my wife. We get to have these, not just these memories, but these fun habits, these great and powerful habits. Like one of our habits is we, we pray for our kids every morning before they go to school. And then we pray something over them. We always say, who are you? And they say their name. And they say, child of God. And I say, what are you going to do? And they're going to, they say, I'm going to show God's love to my friends, and my teacher. So we get to have that with them. At lunch, I mean, at dinner, we get to pray over our meal and, and, and also pray for our conversation. But at dinner, I mean dinner, um, at, at dinner we do that. At, at bedtime, we do a prayer together. We come together, we do a prayer, but we do something fun because we want Logan to get involved. So I say a prayer, and then I say in Jesus' name, and then we say amen like this. Why? Because it gets him involved. But now we're at a point where we do that with Logan. He'll go, eh, and we let him know, let us know when we go to the men. Because he loves it. He, like, that's when his graspy voice comes out. We go, eh, and he goes like, eh. He's, he's such a manly voice. Eh. And we look at him, and we go, eh, man. It's great. <laughs> but here's what I found out since I've done that. I, I don't say amen like that. But even the way I closed, I uh, opened in prayer today, I said, in Jesus' name, amen. Like, it's just a habit now I have. Because it's a family thing we do. We're childs of God. We're children of God. So you know what we have? His habits. His boldness. His power. His might. His wisdom. We have that. So he's saying, now with that, be a peacemaker. Make sure that you... Keep the peace that you're a person who says we're going to destroy disturbances. So I may have to say something that's going to make me uncomfortable, but I'm glad I'm a child of God who speaks through me and gives me the wisdom to say things that sometimes it's hard to hear. 
Now, being peacemakers doesn't mean you're condemning. It just means, hey, I love you enough to tell you that if you keep going down that path, I've been there, I've seen that, I don't know if it's gonna be great for you. I don't want you to have disturbance. So you might be mad at me. You might not like what I have to say, but I love you enough that I have to tell you. I wanna be a peacemaker. I wanna be a person when people go, what do you think about this? And I just tell them the truth, whether they like it or not. Not because I wanna be controversial, but because I wanna make peace. I don't wanna keep it. But I can tell you, when it's just me, oh, I'm a peacekeeper. Whatever you wanna do. <laughs> Where do you wanna go for lunch? Wherever you wanna go for lunch. Where should we go see that? I don't know what you want to do. Like I, that's what I want to do. But what God wants to do through me is he wants me to make peace. And God wants you to make peace. And I know right now, even as I'm bringing this up, God through the Holy Spirit is probably telling some of you guys that there's some situations that you need to make peace on and you're scared and you're nervous and God's saying, but it's okay. I'm going to be with you because you're a child of God and my habits and my words and my boldness will be with you. That's why if you're ever gonna go on a controversial thing, pray. I do it every time. God, I need your help. I need your words, not my words, because I wanna make peace. And a lot of those conversations are great. A lot of them, I'm gonna be honest, not all of them. But then when I walk away, I say, God, thank you for giving me the strength and the ability and wisdom to say things that I wouldn't say on my own. And that we, I pray that you still be in that situation. That's what God wants, he wants you to walk in his words, in his habits. And that's why we've gotta flip the script because he's our father. He wants to help you and guide you and he wants to give you the ability to make peace that goes beyond understanding like we read in Philippians. So don't try to be a peacekeeper for your sake, be a peacemaker for his sake. Here's what I wanna close with. I wanna close with the last couple verses. Verse 10, it says, blessed uh, God bless those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Verse 11 says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my follower. So not because you did anything wrong, not because you, you know, you, you, you're gossiping or doing sinful things. No, because you are a Jesus person, it's coming. But be happy about it. Be very glad, I know I'm saying sarcastic, I'm not. Because God wants us to be happy about it and smile for great award awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. We used to do this thing with our, uh, our oldest, Kennedy, when she was a kid. She used to not want to eat or she'd take a bite and she's like, all done. And we're like, not really, you kind of need to eat more than that. And uh, friends of ours, uh, told us a game that may make some of you upset, but some of you might be like, that's actually a good idea, I might start doing that. It's called the animal game. And so what we do is we'd put a, a scoop of macaroni and cheese uh, on the spoon. And we say, Kennedy, this isn't mac and cheese. This is my buffalo friend, Boris. Now, Boris and I have been together for about 11 and a half years. He's a good friend of mine. He gets my mail when I'm out of town, so please, Whatever you do, don't eat Boris. And then you're supposed to pretend like you got distracted. And then she eats it and you're like, no, Boris! And you have to do it over and over again until she eats the whole thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. At 12 years old, I heard her one day go, I don't wanna finish this. Dad, can we do the animal game? 
Again, some of you guys might write me an email. Some of you guys be like, write me an email thanking me. I'm just saying, because I get it. It's rebellious. It's saying, don't do this, and they do it anyways. And I totally understand that. But here's what I want to tell you. Don't do the animal game with your faith. Because some of us, we've been doing the God, if I do for you, you'll do for me thing for our whole life. Like our whole faith has been, God, if you, I'll do for you, so you'll do for me. But here's the problem with that. That's all good and dandy until we get to verse 10, 11, and 12. When, we, when it says persecution's coming. Because you have to look. It doesn't say if. It doesn't say maybe. It says are and when. When persecution comes, when people lie about you, when people mock you, when people persecute you, be happy about it. Now, if you're just trying to do things for God and not doing things with and, and letting God be in you, you'll quit. Because I know a lot of people who invest, when things are going bad, they drop out. But people who position themselves for overflow. They'll want to quit still. I'm not going to say that you're being naive and dumb and going, everything's fine. Everything's great. No, it'll still be hard. But here's what will happen. The Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you and say, I know this is hard. I know you want to give up. I know you want to call it quits. I know you want to end it all. But I'm with you. And I'm going to help you. And you will overcome this because you are more than a conqueror in me. You can do all things through me. So I know the lies keep coming and doesn't make sense. You want to fix it. You want to make a post on Facebook going, no, this is the truth. And people are going to keep mocking you. And so you want to get quieter and quieter. And you worship differently because they're making fun of you. And you're like, maybe I should stop. He goes, no, because they're just doing that because you love me. But it's okay. A lot of my main homies went through the same thing. Some of my heroes of the faith had the same issues. And the way they got through it, wasn't trying to do it for me. They surrendered to me and allowed me to come out of them and into the world. And that's what God wants for you. And I know for some of you, I even flipping the script really messed with your theology and I get it, but God wants your heart. He wants your heart. And I know some of us are hard. We don't want to give our heart God's saying, if you give it to me, imagine what I can do in your life. I can do the unthinkable. How do I know this? Because I'm living proof of it. And I know a lot of you are the same. So flipping the script, it sets us up to be aligned with everything God is, everything God has done, and everything God is wanting to do in our lives. And with that, we could be truly happy in every situation we face. Can I pray with you? Because here's the reality, I said it over and over again, that we need to welcome God in so that he can pour out. And the way we welcome him in is salvation. It's believing 
that Jesus came, he lived a sinless life, he made no mistakes, and he went to the cross to die for our sins. But here's what's amazing about salvation. It didn't end there. Because when he went to the grave, he defeated death itself. And he did that so that anyone who can come to him with whatever baggage, with whatever sin, with whatever shortcomings you have, you can welcome him in, allow him to be your Lord and Savior, and he will transform your life. So with everyone head bowed, eyes closed, why am I doing this? Because I want you to have a one-on-one moment with, with Jesus. I want you to actually be, ask yourself, have I really done this? Because for some of us, we've all heard the name Jesus and some of us heard the life of Jesus, but we don't have a relationship with Jesus. And he wants you to have a relationship with him. So we're gonna do one of two things. With everyone's head bowed, eyes closed, I'm just gonna ask you in a moment if you've never made that decision or for maybe for some of you, you've not made a decision in a very long time. Maybe you've turned away and God's saying, I want you back. I'm just gonna have you raise your hand and look at me. You can put your hand down as fast as you want. And as a church, we're gonna say a prayer together. So it's not just you and me, it's everyone in this room. But if you believe it with your heart and you're giving God and you're asking God to create a pure heart, that's when the outpouring is gonna begin. So if that's you, no one looking around, and you're saying, you know what? I knew Jesus, I talk about Jesus, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus, and I want one today on July 23rd, 2023. If that's you, can I just have you raise your hand real quick and look at me? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you so much, thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. I love it. God's not impressed by your attendance. He wants your heart. Anyone else? Awesome. Church, can we say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Make me new. Create in me a pure heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that for the very first time, we're gonna talk a little more about that. And actually, after this service, we're gonna be doing some baptisms outside. So maybe some of you guys, you came dry, but you're gonna leave wet because you want this church and people to know that you just died yourself and came to life through him. We're gonna have some t-shirts available. We're gonna have some towels available. We don't have pants available, but we'd love for you to make that decision. If you didn't sign up, we'd love to have you come. We, used to, we call it Nike baptism. You just, you're just gonna do it. It's just gonna go. So if you wanna do that, I would love to dunk you and to show this church that you're dying yourself and coming to life. Okay, can I pray with you one more time? I want you to bow your heads because this is gonna be a tough one. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, you know what, I am a Jesus person. I've said that sinner's prayer. I did that so long ago. But just like you, I've been giving God my hands and then my heart, but I need to flip it. And I know right now, even as I say this, even before I ask you to raise your hand, I know some of you are scared because you're like, if I flip it, maybe God's gonna tell me to do something that 
is gonna be uncomfortable and he's gonna tell me to stop doing something that I'm comfortable in. That is possible, but I can tell you there's nothing more powerful than giving God your heart first. There's nothing more life-changing and transformation than giving God your heart first and position yourself in a place of surrender. So if that's you, you're saying, you know what? I, I am a Jesus person, but I've been giving God my hands, not my heart, and I wanna give him my heart before I give him my hands. If that's you, can I have you lift your hands real quick? So Lord, right now, with hands up and a posture of surrender, Lord, we surrender all to you. And we say, Jesus, whatever you need to do, do it, and I will be obedient to it. So Lord, be with us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that people would begin to see the power and the glory and the, and the, and the benefits of just giving you our heart, then our hands. Giving you our hearts so that you can pour out into our life, into our world, into our family, into our workplace. Lord, I'm believing, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that there's gonna be some people who are gonna change this city, not because they're good enough, not because they're talented enough, but because they flipped the script in their life. Lord, I pray this week alone, you would do amazing things in people's lives and that people would begin to see your mercy, Lord, Lord, your supernatural heart, and Lord, that peace-making power that we can only do with you. Be with us. I pray for great stories and great testimonies to happen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you wanna dive even deeper into your faith, check out our other podcasts and small groups. You can find more information at lifechurchgreenbay.com. We can't wait to see you next week.